What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end now. Battle in. Something picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast, our second one. Yeah, preseason stuff. This wow. preseason. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. Yes, we are. And and had we not been in New Jersey and things shifting around, we would have done one up there, but it just got too crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. there was reasons to be salty up there. Yeah, uh, I think I was on a bus more than I really wanted to be. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it was funny because they, the change of plans, then we the Giants were gracious enough to let us do their our second practice because we were going to do it on a high school right. field nearby mm-hmm. their facility like ours is really nice and it was nice them to let us come out and use it but it was a long bus ride yes longer than it would have been yeah so it was a bit of a given you take. know you know it's a long bus ride when you can see manhattan from the <laughs> it <laughs> so, was fun it was a good week up there did you um, enjoy your week up there I, you know, I didn't do anything really i spent um, when i wasn't working i was in my mm-hmm. hotel room for pretty much 95 percent of the time mm-hmm Read read a book. This is really good podcasting. Like this is well, really exciting for people out but there. But you have to understand that when you're on the road and you're facing another I team. I watched a lot of Little League World Series. I did that also. I read a book. I was rooting for Tennessee because uh-huh. they're southeast. I always root for the southeast. Yeah. I was I was very fortunate. I actually I actually had to uh, a, a fun Friday afternoon. I got to go you play golf, golf yeah. and, and and had a real nice dinner. So, you know, through it all Greek, it was great. Right? Yes, it was very good. Excellent. But I did like I did like the um the practice with the Jets. I thought that was a lot of fun. I think the Jet fans are so into it right now. I just hope they're not disappointed. Boy, I'll tell you what. They are excited. They love obviously they love Aaron Rodgers. They love themselves some Garrett Wilson. Oh yeah. I mean they anytime Garrett Wilson did anything, the crowd went crazy. And I love the chants they were doing. They're they're they were all in. It was it was a good and useful practice. Unfortunately, it had one bad moment. Mm. Um, one of the two big pieces of news, obviously the quarterback is the other thing I have to sure. talk about. But before that happened, Russell Gage, non-contact in, contact injury. Um, that actually, was actually, according to Mike Evans, made a really nice catch on the play, yep. but just went down. Found out later it was a torn patellar tendon, so his season is over. And that is – he has – you know, this was not an injury-prone player when uh-uh. the Bucks signed him. I think he missed four games in four years in Atlanta. Yep. He just had terrible luck since Horrible. I mean, Horrible. this is the worst one, of course. Maybe the maybe the neck injury and the concussion in the playoffs was scarier, but this is the one that's having the most impact because he's missing the whole season. Yeah. It's such a shame. It really and it, and he really uh, he had talked to us at training camp talking about how this was his year to reinvent himself to be all in, and then that happens. What yeah. I wonder about, and obviously the worst of it here is for is for Russell. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is less important. But what I wonder about is the domino effect here of not having him. Russell didn't mm-hmm. start. He wasn't practicing when training camp started because he was overcoming a hamstring injury. But once he got back going full speed and was yep. doing team drills, yeah. he was definitely the third receiver with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And they would come in together most of the time as a package. And often uh, Russell Gage was in the slot. And now we've heard a lot since this new co- offensive coaching staff got here that um, – Chris Godwin, who's a beast in the slot, mm-hmm. is still going to play in the slot, but not as much because they want to do stuff with him on the outside sure. where they think there's untapped potential. Or it's been tapped before, but not in recent yeah. years. So if Russell Gage was supposed to be the guy that's taken those slot snaps, who's it going to be now? Is it possible they change their plans with Chris? I mean, that's what I'm talking um, about, a domino yeah, effect sure. here. They, they, this might force them to play Chris Godwin more in the slot. I'm kind of hoping not. Right. 
obviously the, the receiver that stepped up the most amongst all the other candidates that you would think might get more playing time with Russell Gage out is Trey Palmer. Yep. I'm not sure he's a slot guy, though. I think he's more of an outside take the top off the defense kind of guy. Correct. Actually, there's a really good article. This is one of two times I'm going to plug our colleague, Brianna Dix. But on Buccaneers.com, there's a nice article with a lot of quotes from Brad Idzik, the wide receivers coach, on Trey Palmer. And I would I would uh, suggest you read it. It's great. It's funny because Brad says he's the entertainer in the room. Oh. He's the guy that's joking, making really? everybody laugh. But he's also a really good student. Like he's just – he's really good at absorbing the playbook. Okay. And so Brad was also talking about how obviously speed is his best asset and – he can win deep. I like what he said in uh, today after practice uh, that when he sees the ball, that's all he's looking at is the ball. Doesn't care who's defending him. Yeah, doesn't he have he, this? Uh, his little phrase is motto is like "no name, no face." Yeah, it means he doesn't. He doesn't he even care. think about his covering. Correct. So, which I think first came about when he got past Sauce Gardner, uh-huh. uh, who <laughs> might be the best corner in the NFL yeah. in that Jets game. Now, we're not here ripping on Sauce Gardner. No. He's a phenomenal player. He, they were in cover zero on that play. He had no safety help, and 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 uh, Trey's just really fast. So yeah. that play worked out well. But um, Brad Isaac was saying that what he's working with him on is making his first five or six steps of every route look the same. So oh. because then you could the don't first, know where he's well, going. Well, the first thing a cornerback has to worry about with Trey is him running right past him. Sure. So. If you always look the same in your first five or six steps, they're always going to be worried about getting beat deep, and they're going to be on their heels. If you're giving away with some of your movements that this isn't going to be a deep route, it's going to uh, be a slant sure, or something, sure. then they're more prepared to jump on that. So if he can make those first five or six steps look the same, his speed is actually useful even on, like, short routes. Oh, that's that's Because that's it gets good, them on that, their heels, and then you can run like a, you know, like a square in or something. Yeah, that's a great tidbit. Yeah. To be looking at that. Well, I mean, I think that's the case no. for a lot of receivers. You, sure. You don't want to still. give away your intentions because that's your advantage over the defender is that you know where, where you're, you're going, going and they don't, right? Right. There, there you go. Unless well, it's an option route, in which sure. case you don't necessarily know where you're going <laughs> until the last second. But I was, I find options. So you corrected yourself right now. Well, I'm just saying option routes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it, they get to the line and they, they release, and depending upon where the defender is, mm-hmm. they might go in or out. Sure. And I've always found that fascinating because. If you're if you're using option routes, which I think we are going to use in this defense because they did in, in offense because they did in Seattle, and I saw them practicing them the other day, um, you and the quarterback have to make the same decision. Yeah. You have to read it the, the same, same way. Time. So because right. that that guy is going to break in and you're going to throw, and if he breaks out, you might be throwing it right to his safety. Yeah. So so I find them fascinating. I'm surprised that it seems so risky to me. And yeah. I know coaches are risk adverse. It's called averse. it's called uh, being on the same page. So mm-hmm. to speak, yeah, which I don't think is necessarily no, easy. No, it's not. No, so, I'm I'm looking forward. Yeah, you know, I don't know who I was talking to yesterday. That uh, yeah, that was they, a long time ago. Yeah, well, they were just basically saying, well, the the they offense must have looked been very, very memorable. Yeah, it was it really was because they were saying, well, the offense looked really vanilla and blah blah blah. Oh, of course and, it is. And I'm like, it's purposely you, so. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was like. There's a reason for that. They'll say it before the game. The yes. coaches say it's going to be a vanilla it's, game plan. It's the most basic plays there are. As a very good example for this, it was something I wanted to touch on. I know that our running game doesn't look any better right now, but and hopefully it will be. There's no guarantee that it will mm-hmm. be. It was the worst in the league, so it can't really go any worse last year. Uh, but don't judge it on what you've seen in the preseason. No. I don't think they're even running the the basic plays we're going to run. I haven't seen anything that looked to me like mid-zone or wide zone. It just looked like... Trap plays and well, duo. You, you know who I did like watching was Tucker. I did. Yeah, I did like watching him. Right. You know, he's had some good runs. He, sure. he obviously had that one. He bounced to the outside, and mm-hmm. maybe that was his own play. I yeah. don't know, but a lot of them haven't been what I think is going to be the staple of our offense because there's no reason to put it on tape right now. No, they can practice it in practice. So, I I'm not here to tell you I know that our running game is going to be good. I think it can't hardly help but be better, but. Just telling you not to judge about what you've seen in these sure. two games. Sure. Maybe maybe we'll see a little bit in this third game when the starters play the first half. Yeah, a little, but not. I don't think a lot. Simply because you're ten days to Minnesota. Anyway, to get back to the point I had started with was with uh, Russell Gage out. Who's taking the snaps in the mm-hmm. slot? Maybe Trey Palmer is a guy that can play in the slot. I don't really know. He doesn't seem like he's that type of receiver. Is it Trey? Is it Devin Tompkins? Is it David what? Moore? 
Well, yeah. Well, see, that's interesting because David Moore is 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 a veteran. The only one, yeah, of those you, reserves, and the other two are young ones. Well, so all, like, everybody else is either first yeah. or second year player. And so, you know, it, it's horrible to say, but it's always next man up. And you know, what, uh, something happens, you have to be ready. So it'll be fun to see who, who just, does step up. I wish I had a good feel for who will be getting snaps in the slot and i really honestly don't, don't. i don't yeah. know who it is so that's something we're going to watch then on saturday keep huh? an eye on it okay yeah. i'm gonna make a note specifically yeah tell dave because dave always dave Moore. yeah tell dave to look for that and then let me know because he's okay. so good at just instantly knowing exactly see who's doing in the slot yeah, yeah okay i mean i can look well, you, you can slot, al- but i'll probably you, forget you, you can also tell him when you see him when you come in to do your segment but <laughs> it's true. okay i'll talk to him so i what are we how many minutes are we into this podcast uh 10 and we have not well first two things okay um i only have one fan question for our final segment so it's going to be brief and i think it's partially because i keep forgetting to say at the top correct send us questions yeah we love your questions Mm -hmm. we'll we usually answer all of them or close to all of them sure send it to salty dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com we love to hear from you. We love we, that's you know, the third segment's awesome where we answer those right. questions. That's my that's my favorite segment. Is it other it's than not ta- the interview? Uh, yeah, other than talking to the interview guy. And you know, inter- what my least favorite one is this part. Yes, <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> so, um, we also are going to have D Delaney on. Yes, uh, who I'm going to surprise him. I have thought of a nickname for him. Don't you, say anything. I'm not. I'm not. You, I think it's good, you, man. I, if it's coming from you, I think he could get a tattoo of it. You are a wordsmith, so it should be interesting. So, um, and then finally, oh, I wanted to say something about make sure you send your questions in, because if you don't, they're going to take that email address away from us because they're cleaning up all the emails that are? aren't being used. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah so, well, it's it's getting some use. Yeah. I mean, I still get spam sometimes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Maybe we can talk to them. So. Um, well, I also got an email. I'm not going to read it because it wasn't really a question. But do you right. remember we've had a question from a, a guy, a Bucks fan in Australia? Yes. Who's in radio? Yeah, he's a he's a presenter. His name's Elliot Lovejoy. <laughs> and um, he's just – he he reached out because he's going to be in Tampa at the end of this season. Really? He's going to get to see two games and just thought maybe he could come and ke- check out the facility. I think we could probably We can work that out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. finally, we're like, what, 15 minutes into this podcast? Yeah. We have not yet spoken about the fact that the Buccaneers have named a starting quarterback. Did they? <laughs> when did this happen? I This was a, this was a fun professional moment for me. Right. Because oh, I'm yes, you were ready. Yes. that I was the first person you to were. tweet out because I, I, I had a feeling, I had some inside intel that – Sure. Coach Bowles, after practice yesterday, was going to go to the podium and and, and, yeah. and announce that Baker Mayfield was the starting quarterback. At what time would that happen? Because he knew he was going to get the inevitable question of, well, can you name a starter? It's getting awful close to – Well, the uh, funny thing was the way that – he didn't – I thought he might just start the press conference by saying, before I take any questions. Yeah, no. No. So I think it was the second question, it and was it was perfect. worded – understandably, it was worded like – I know you're not close to naming a starter yet, but and, and uh, is it neck and neck? And Baker Mayfield like, is a starter. <laughs> Baker Mayfield are one. Um, I had the the um, tweet with an attached story. Yes, uh, lined up, ready to go. So as soon as you said it, I pushed. I, I mean, I guess it's an X, not a tweet. Yeah, I, I pushed go. So I know I was first. I had X open, <laughs> and I was waiting to see. Who would go first? I don't get to break news all no, that often. No, and you did. You popped it, and you were at least a minute ahead of everybody Number else. One. Yeah. Well, that's because they all had then, to type it in their And room. then the national guys, they are, they are like – They were a few minutes back. Yeah. Yeah, they are like four or five minutes behind. Um, so Baker Mayfield. Now, I know that there are a lot I've – already, I've already heard it. Personally, I've heard it from several people that are out there saying, well, duh, of course, Baker. We mm. all knew all along. That's not true. That is not how it played out. No. It was – Kyle – Kyle did a nice job, and it was a real competition. Yep, yep. And and I think it's it's easy to say, oh, you're it, it was Baker. You could you could bank on it. You could say because he's the one with experience, correct? Right? And that's what everybody was thinking about. But they did not go in with that. With that well, no, they couldn't. Thinking. That no. would be a bad way to go about it, right? Although Baker did say, I expected to start, which is of course the attitude well, you want you, him to have. If he said, yeah, boy, I'm really lucky I got there. I can't believe he, I got not it. the guy I wanted there yeah, exactly. uh, coming in. I know we don't have a confidence issue. No. That's never been an issue. No, on it. And so that is the um, – I wonder if it's harder because if Kyle had not performed well, 
in the preseason and in training camp, and then he was told Baker got the job. I mean, maybe that would have been how it, how it, would that make it easier to take? But Kyle did no. do well. He did well, and I think I it, I think Todd said it best. He has a good relationship with Kyle, and they very open, very honest relationship. So he seems like a smart kid, and he also has been doubted from high school on. So he's he'll be ready if something. You know, listen, you got to have luck to make it through the whole season. That's true. for any player That's on true. any team. Although Tom Brady just did it three times in a row. What? Yes. Uh, but he wasn't taking any hits. Either. That's true. Um, I think it's. It, it might have been maybe. I don't know. If it were me, maybe it'd be a little bit harder to take when I performed well, but didn't right. get the job. But from the Bucks' point of view, uh, it's it's kind of great because I don't think that we really knew for sure going into this offseason whether Kyle Trask had a future as an NFL starting quarterback. I, and I feel closer to feeling that way. I now. do. I totally agree with you on this. I think I thought he looked really good against the Jets. Uh he moved around well. He he's maybe not quite as mobile as Baker, but he's he got a lot of props from me when uh he does the first half and then John gets yeah. hurt and he finds his helmet and goes in and plays the rest of the game. And and wasn't you know that's so rare. He, it's like a, it's like taking a pitcher out and then putting oh, back in. It yeah. never happens. I mean, you're you're. It's like you said. It took him a few snaps to get back into the yeah. rhythm of the game. The thing about that whole sequence uh, is that I think everybody kind of got a little bit of inkling at that point. Yeah. That a decision, if not totally made, was close to being Cor- made because yeah. not playing Baker told a lot of us, okay, mm-hmm. that probably means he's going to be the starter. Yeah. They've already, you know, they're already at least close to making that decision. The other thing about that is we have seen John Wolford walking around in the building. The, I don't want to say anything on his behalf of how no. he feels, but he looks pretty good. The so. good the good news was he was able to fly home with the team. He did, yeah. And that's huge. I think that uh, one of the, I think Coach Bowles said yesterday that he had a history of stingers. You know what a stinger is? Uh-huh. And so he, you know, they were obviously keeping an eye on that. And those, I think those hurt a lot. Stingers, yeah, yes. but they aren't usually long-term injuries. I, I would be surprised if John played. In I think this a stinger is like a nerve. It's it's, it's caught, a, it, it's it, it's caught it's, a nerve. It's like a, yeah, yeah, but it's usually around your shoulder area, but it can affect you all oh down God, like your arm yeah. and your back. So um, I don't think it feels very good. No, it, but they are. I not think anything usually, called stinger is yeah, not good. Just well so you named. Know. Yeah, they are usually not long-lasting injuries. Yep. So while I don't expect him to play in this third preseason game. Um, he still should be fine should the Bucks choose to keep three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. which I think they're going to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The other quarterbacks rave about how how good he is in that quarterback room, how, like, he really has a great grasp, and he also processes really quickly. I liked what Baker said, that there's no cannibalism in the quarterback room. <laughs> he did like that? I love that line. I don't know. That one was a little. No, because, it, well, it's. it's it, you could say the same thing without using the word. Well, okay, it's not dog eat dog. I, okay, you know, but I I like I liked what he said. Because, I get the point. Sure, it's like you don't want to tear each other down but, in that room because the correct. room needs to be strong as a whole. Right. Right. So, um, so you know, to make myself feel better, I'm going to eat you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to consume your flesh. Yeah. But uh, no, I did like that. I'm probably the only one who did, but I thought it was funny. Some people were like, I don't understand what that means, and I was like. I actually missed it. I was in did that press you? conference, and I must have been oh, I must have been tweeting no. something else because I, I missed it. And then somebody I said, almost, did you hear that cannibal quote? And then I read the transcript, yeah. and I understood what he meant. I almost laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So I think he's going to be I, – I, you know, I, I like his personality. You know, people forget, you know, they kind of dogged him from last year. Everybody goes, whoa, he's on his fourth team. You know, sometimes uh, it's that's it, it, it's it a little dramatic way to put it. Yeah, he had four solid years in Cleveland, correct? And then last year, yeah, was unusual. And look how well Carolina was. Like that wasn't a mess. Yeah, yeah. You know that wasn't a better disaster, right? So the Deshaun Watson trade obviously forced him out of Cleveland, mm-hmm. and then last year was sort of a nomadic year for him, which is understandable given the situation. But now he's getting another opportunity, maybe settle in somewhere well i think it, it you know what's he won the heisman in 17 so this is that's six years ago he certainly has matured i think that that's that's the other side of the coin you get bounced around a little bit you know you, yeah you, but he said several times he's in a good place yeah like he he 
like a lot of players, he still has, yeah, that he's still driven a little bit by always having to work so hard for these starting. I mean, this is the second year in a yes. row yes. that he's had to win a preseason quarterback competition. Yeah. Um, and there's it, a reason why but, he's winning. But he also feels good. He, he He's like, feels good about where he is and who he is mm-hmm. at this point. And it's not, I don't think he's fully driven by vitriol over the stuff. That's in fairness to Baker, I curious. Has he been on a better team than he is right now with the offensive weapons this team it's has? It's a good question. He was um, obviously had a very good year with Cleveland in 2020. Uh-huh. Took him to the playoffs. Um, let's take a look at who their offensive weapons were. Was that when Odell was there? Um, I don't think so. And then that kind of went south. Uh, I don't think it's likely that he has had a better starting duo of receivers than Mike Evans mm-hmm. and Chris Godwin. Now, yeah. if you expand it to – Running backs, tight ends, then it might get a little trickier because right. the the Bucks running backs are very very young. I mean, tight ends are very young, so mm-hmm. are the running backs. And you know, Cleveland had Nick Chubb, so right. they had very. So let's let's look at this real quick. In twenty twenty, the Browns had as pass catchers. Come on, let's take. I don't have a mouse. Oh, Od- Odell Beckham was on that team. Okay, so was Jarvis Landry. So he had their leading receiver. In 2020, when he had a really good year, like 26 touchdown passes and eight interceptions, something like that. They went 11 and five. They kicked the crap out of Pittsburgh, which yeah. I know everybody yeah. in Cleveland loved they in love the playoffs, it. and they sure. lost by five points to the to the Chiefs, who would end up going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Buccaneers. Oh wow! His starting his his by far top pass catcher was Jarvis Landry, who had 72 catches. Jarvis Landry is a very good receiver. I was just going to say, but he's a possession guy. He's not. He's not. Doesn't got a lot of speed. He's like, yeah, Michael Thomas kind of. Sure, but not as. Got to have Thomas. him, but yeah, he, he's not Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. I was about to say that. he had Odell Beckham for seven games, and he caught 40, 23 passes, right? Which isn't a lot. No. Um, yeah, like I said, they had Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb, so they, sure. they, they had, had a great running, running game. game. Yeah, um, the tight end was Austin Hooper, who they'd gotten after he had sort of a breakout year in Atlanta. But he only had like 46 catches. He hasn't done much since that big year. They had Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he was just getting started. He only had 14 catches. Right. I've, you know, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. But in my interaction with Baker has been really, really oh, he's, very, he's po- really easy. Very to positive. With. It's yeah. not what I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. I well, because you always think, well, this guy is kind of. I don't you know. know. I, I, it seems dumb maybe to, sure. to judge on this, but I uh, watched all those progressive commercials where he lived in oh. the stadium and just thought, well, this is a sharp guy. When we had him on here, he was talking yeah. about how much fun that was. And, yeah. And they were they're just he just seemed kind of clever in those videos. It, I, those no question. So I kind of had a good feeling about him coming in. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to to it. But, you know, it, it's like anything else. You don't know until you get into the wins and losses. And that's, you know, and I, I think he feels it that. Um, not that he has to carry the team, but he, he's got two things to prove. You know, one, he wants to prove that he is a starting quarterback, and two, he wants to win. Yeah. So that's not that not that you go in games not wanting to, but. You know what's amazing is that when he had his press conference yesterday, I don't think there was a single Tom Brady question. No, finally. the first time in. What's it like? Yes. Replacing Tom Brady, yeah. following Tom Brady. You know somebody's going to ask that soon. But why? They will, though. But it's a different team. It doesn't make. Yeah, it, it's not like somebody has to be the next quarterback after did, Tom Brady. Did they ask that question in New England over and over again? Like, hey, you're replacing Tom Brady? Probably. Did they? I, I don't assume. Know. Well, That's curious. Mac Jones. You, was it you? Somebody yesterday or the day before said to me. Oh, yeah, you it was just yesterday? You can't remember? <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> He's like, you don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You yeah, be I the, said that. that. Was you you want to be I the guy said, that replaces that guy. I said, yeah, you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy that replaces a legend. You want to be the guy that replaces so the it's guy like, that replaces the legend. So it's like the perfect situation is Derek Carr in New Orleans because uh-huh. he didn't replace Drew Brees. No. They tried a few things. Yeah. Didn't work out. Right. No. And yes. now he's the guy who replaces Andy yes. Dalton. No matter how good you are, you're you're still being <laughs> compared to the legend. Yes, so that's true. The, the, good, the lucky guy in I New love England. It. You don't remember it was me. I thought it was you. Uh, the lucky guy in New England, then maybe like Bailey Zappi or whoever follows Mac Jones. Um, Z- his name's Bailey Zappi. I love that name. The, the New England fans went crazy for him last year because things. Bz, I love it. They weren't going well for uh, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. probably because they had a defensive coach calling the offensive plays right that's neither here nor there (laughs) (laughs) who knew that wouldn't work (laughs) (laughs) now they got bill o'brien back so at least they have a guy who's called plays sure 
Um, <laughs> on Baker Mayfield, again, he looked. He didn't play in the second game. Nope. He looked sharp on four drives. Yeah. Really, it's three drives because the first drive he handed off three times uh-huh. and we got stuffed on third and short. Yeah. So, and three drives, he, he was eight of nine, something like 70 yards, that nice touchdown. No plays, no interceptions or anything that was close to being intercepted. Um, moved around well. But you can you can look at those numbers and be properly impressed and you're not wrong. But we, again, have not seen the offense yet. No, and I'm very excited about I mean, as excited as you can get about a preseason game, I'm very excited about the first half of this preseason game. Except, again, what are they going to run? Well, I know, but if the Ravens have their first stringers in and we have ours in, no matter what you're doing, you can see whether you're being manhandled or, you know, which which way. So those are that's something I'm looking defense, forward to. The defenses on both Usually sides wins. have the example. Yeah. They have the advantage there because the offense is not showing their best plays. Mm-hmm. But – I've already mentioned her once, our, our, my fellow writer here on Buccaneers.com, Brianna Dix. She's finishing it up, so by the time you're hearing this, it's probably on Buccaneers.com. Mm. She got with Thad Lewis, oh. talked to him a little bit today about Baker. Thad Lewis is the? New quarterbacks coach. Okay. He, was, he was a quarterback in the NFL, yes. Thaddeus Lewis. He was a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think he played for Cleveland. And he's, and he's very, very bright. He's going to so, be a head coach one day. So he was our assistant wide receivers coach the last two years, but when they shook up the offensive staff, they most of it was new guys, but yeah. they brought in new guys like Brad Idzik we mentioned before, but uh, he got promoted to quarterback's coach, and I think they're very happy with him. But anyway, he was giving her some background on, on – um, uh, Baker. Baker. So read that, but also she did a little bit of a deep dive, Brianna did, and uh, found some stats – from his good year, 2020, uh-huh. his, his best year, Baker's best Baker. year. Okay. One thing that he did at Oklahoma, and then Kevin Stavansky, the new head coach there, brought in from Minnesota Vikings, was um, more rollout, like bootleg plays. And generally, coaches don't have right-handed quarterbacks bootleg to the left. Mm-hmm. So what you'll do is you'll fake a handoff to the left and then turn and, and roll right. They, Stefanski and, the, and their staff found a way to make bootlegs to the left work Ooh. to the point where on both sides together combined, Baker Mayfield that year threw more um, bootleg passes that traveled more than 20 yards in the air than any other quarterback in the NFL. And he was like 8 of 11 on them for 350 yards, something like that, wow. and two touchdowns. Yeah. And specifically on bootlegs left that he threw the ball 20 or more air yards down the field, he was 5 of 6. Right. He was like, that play worked. So that's something we could see. Sure. And what I think you're going to see on these, I, I think how they make that work on these bootlegs is you, you fake the run one way with your, with your wide zone. So you get a lot of the offensive action moving left and therefore the defense is following to the left. Mm-hmm. And then the quarterback boots around the other way, in this case to the right, and you have receivers at three levels. So you could take the underneath one if that's if the others are covered, but right. if you uh, might be able to hit the intermediate or the deeper one, and um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing that aspect of our offense when we're actually showing what we can do. Yeah, yeah, I am. You know, people have asked me over and over again, "What do I think the team is? How do you think the team's going to do? What do you think?" I, I I I don't really know for sure, but I think it's going to be better than yeah. than people who aren't here every day. That's, and that's just not inside. That's just not. Yeah, I work for the team. Of course, you're going to say that. That is an observation of the different moving parts that I've been privileged to be able to look at. Indeed. So, what else? You, you're looking. Very I'm looking heavy. at my list now. I know. What else you got? Uh. Well, you know, one thing that kind of we we're usually so positive and bright right. and shiny on this, but there are some injury issues. Yes. That are still a little. Concerning. First of all, Ryan Jensen hasn't practiced in mm. over a week. Correct. Uh, don't really. Coaches don't have to give Pre-season. injury updates yes. right now. So Todd, very understandably, generally doesn't say much to questions about, for instance, Ryan Jensen's status. He'll usually just say it's status quo. Right. So therefore, we don't really know. And if if for some reason we were to get inside information, we, we could couldn't say it, it here. No. Anyway. So the point being. 
it's kind of a mystery right now. Very. And it doesn't look to me very likely that he'll be starting in week one. Right. Because he's got to get on the practice field mm-hmm. and be- practice in full team drills before that happens. Right. Unless he does like he did. Uh, well, he did yeah, in the, the Dallas, against Dallas game. game. That he did be- practice that. That week. being said, in fairness to Robert Haynes, he, he has right. been. He has been. I mean. Him and Nick Leverett. Yeah, and if you look at if you look at the line, it's so different now that you kind of there is reasons to be. Um, I don't can't think of the word optimistic. Not optimistic. Um, yeah, we don't want to be optimistic. No, well, you can be optimistic, but you know, a little suspect. You oh, know, okay. you're trying you're to. Do, yeah, you're looking. You're. Lo- I mean, to be honest, you don't know what you have yet. Or at least I don't know what we have yet. The funny thing about it is if Ryan isn't ready to go and if they go with Robert Hainsey mm-hmm. over Nick Leverett as the starting center, he'll actually be the only guy from last year's week yeah. one in the same position. Yes. <laughs> Crazy as that might yeah. be. Because yeah. you got Tristan moving to the left. left. You brought in Matt Fowler for left guard. Correct. Drafted Cody Mock for right guard. And Luke Gettke moving to right tackle. Who I think Cody had a pretty good practice up in uh, in with the Jets. Yeah. he He's... I don't want to say he's mean, but he's he tough. He, he's he's not, a Ryan Jensen type. Yeah, yeah. It must be the red hair. It must yeah. be like, you know, I don't know what. Yeah. But he he smiles and really nice, but do not, <laughs> do not yeah. cross him. You want an offensive lineman to be nasty, especially the guards. Yeah. They get in there in the trenches. Sure, sure. Fight to the whistle. I like it. So, so that that'll be fun to watch. And on then this Saturday. is not even remotely in the same category as Ryan Jensen injury, but Ro- Antoine Winfield hasn't mm-hmm. been pro- playing no. and practicing in recent mm-hmm. days, and um, I'm sure that it's minor. He doesn't look. I'm sure that's a minor injury, but what it does to me is it highlights the complete lack of experience depth we have at that position. Yes, that concerns me a little bit. It should. Yeah. In fact, had Ryan Neal not fallen into our laps. I assume we would have signed somebody else because Antoine obviously has three years of experience and Ryan Neal has experience. And then every other player we have at safety has combined for one regular season defensive snap in the NFL. And that's Nolan Turner played one snap last year. Mm. Then you got all rookies. It's all rookies after Nolan Turner. And they've liked the way some of these guys looks. Very much so. But when you talk about the fact that well, that's not to- I will say that's not totally true, cause, and we're going to get into this a little bit, because D. Delaney also plays safety. Yeah. So you do have a little bit of experience there if you wanted to go. But on the depth chart, if one of our two safeties is unavailable for a game, we're talking about going with starting Nolan Turner, who's, mm-hmm. like I said, undrafted free agent, one right. defensive snap, or some rookie who's an undrafted free agent who's never played in the NFL. They like these guys. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And Nolan Turner's been here for a year, and he might be great. But it's always a little bit concerning when you don't have anybody that you can turn to and go, well, I've seen that guy. Yeah. You've got no history. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you think, hey, I, I, you know, but you don't know until the game starts. Yeah. And, you know, they, you, we always talk about final cuts, which are coming up in, oh. in less than a week. Yeah. But they're not really final. And they always call, you know, they have that – there's hundreds of players getting cut around the league. Yep. And so there's – newly available players to look at and maybe the Bucks find if there's any position that I would see them signing an outside veteran at at this point it's safety. Yeah. Just to have some experience there. Yeah, when you're when you're near when you're making the cut but you're on that higher number, best not to uh celebrate too quick. Because you because it's like anything else. You just said a bunch of players are being cut and you don't know, hey, that guy can work for us. What do you mean by higher number? Well, let's say you mean like the fifty-third player. Yeah, if you're like fifth from fifty, but you don't know that huh? you are. They don't tell you you're no. the fiftieth guy we kept. Yeah, you may you, you may have an inkling. If you don't know where you are, <laughs> you got a problem. I'm just saying. Well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting because there are quite a few rookies I think have a shot at not I, only making this team but contributing. I say they do make it. I I think this was a really solid draft class. Yeah, I'm but, saying it now. Yeah, yes. and and uh, guys like. Obviously, Cody's starting. Kalijah, when he gets back to mm-hmm. full health, he's starting. Um, I think Yaya's going to play a lot. I think Cervasi, He's a little banged up, too. Yaya. He's back, though. He's back yeah. in practice. Cervasi, Dennis, um, is at the least going to play a ton on special teams. Yeah. Um, Payne Durham, we'll see what kind of role they have for him. Josh Hayes. Wow. Jose how Ramirez, so, Trey Palmer, we've already talked about. So how many they get? They get, what, 17 on the practice squad now? 16. 16. Okay, so... so my math that gets you 68 players. 
69. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 53 plus 16. Math has never been. Which is an interesting point because that means really there's only 21 guys on this 90-man roster that aren't conceivably. If you, yeah. If you build your entire practice squad from guys that you have. You have, yeah. Which last year I believe we did – in week one I think it was 15 of our own guys and one guy we added. So, mm. you know, you look at, say, the receiving core, and there's maybe 11 of them right now. You yeah. might keep nine of them, sure. counting the practice squad. Wow. So. Yeah. Um, when are the final cuts? August 29th, which is Tuesday. Okay. Yes. So the game is on Saturday. Yeah. The cuts are due probably I'm, probably 4 p.m. ET on. But you can cut earlier. If you you can, can, and you probably will. Because after the game on Saturday, the players have Sunday and Monday off. Okay. But they come back on Tuesday, and they'll be starting work then on the Vikings. Okay. It won't be until the following week. Yeah, yeah. But – They'll, they'll and the Vikings will be working on the Bucks. They'll sure. be starting to work on actual in. This is our team Install. that we're preparing. Yeah. So I don't think you want to bring the guys you cut back into the building on Tuesday and then let them go. Yeah. So my guess is the if the I know will you're yeah if made. I know you're gone you're gone yeah and they need to know sure. so the moves will be made. Uh, it'll be thirty seven roster moves. Uh, but then again, we can bring up to 16 I, of them back. I liked how they did it before. You know, you go Three a few weeks. Yeah, you cut, and you cut, and you cut. It's funny but because I think the main impetus towards allowing teams to have larger rosters later into the preseason is the fact that previously in the 16-game season, the fourth game, you didn't play your starters. No. So you needed that yeah, you need, of other players correct. to get through that game. But now – with a three-game thing, especially in the Bucks situation with their quarterback competition, mm-hmm. t- like 20, 20 of our starters haven't played yet. Right. But apparently they're mostly going to play in the third game. Right. So you could cut a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, supposedly, now, it's supposedly uh, the first half. Starters, uh, It right? looks like if starters. If they're healthy. If they're healthy, yeah. And also depend. You know, yeah. then it also goes like how long the drive is. Yeah. You know, how Do many snaps. Do they get situations? Correct. Do they get a two-minute drill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody, I think anybody that's even remotely injured is not going to play. No, like you. Why would you? I don't know if he practiced today, but Mike Evans didn't practice yesterday. Although he was running yeah. all over the place, so I don't think I think he's I never fine. worry about Mike. I don't right? Know why. I just don't. well, I mean, he's barely missed yeah. any games. Knock on wood. Um, so, but my point is, if he has anything, if he has any little tweak, they're not going to play him or Anton Winfield. Or yeah, it's like, do you need Mike running out on the fields here at the Advent Health what Training does he Center have or at Raymond James Stadium? What is he? I'm going for Raymond James Stadium every time. No, I'm saying he's not going to play at Raymond James mm, yeah. Stadium this Saturday. No, if he's hurt, I no. don't know. No, no, he's ready to go. He's it's yeah, he'll be fine. All right, what else you got? I mean, before we get D in here, yeah, um, I think I already got that. Okay, I think we're good. All right, cool. Just um, what I'm curious. How many of our listeners out there, maybe this is something they could email about, are are into the Immaculate Grid? The what? Let's see, you, it's like if it's a game, you hate it. That's not true. You hate games. I know the Immaculate Reception. Do you play but, Wordle? Huh? Do you play Wordle? No. You don't play, you, you actively dislike fantasy football. You have disdain, I, you have I disdain under, for it. I understand why people do it and why they enjoy it. Uh-huh. But I do this for do you a play li- poker? No. Cards of any kind? Uh, blackjack. Blackjack. Yeah. But Immaculate Grid is a game. I mean, I play blackjack with friends. It's amazing that you have not heard of the Immaculate Grid because it, no. it is a sensation that has swept the nation. Really? Started with baseball. So what it is is it's a three-by-three three grid, so nine squares. Okay. Along the top, you have three categories. And along the side, you have three categories. So, and it's the first one's about baseball. So it might be like Texas Rangers in one column, right? St. Louis Cardinals in another column. Okay. Players that hit forty homers in a season, and then on the on the the rows also have some. So it might be like Atlanta Braves. Sure. And so where Atlanta Braves intersects with Texas Rangers, the answer has to be somebody that played for the Atlanta Braves, Braves and the Texas Rangers. Oh, okay. Um, and then they, I think it was acquired by the uh, sports network sites like Pro Football Network and mm-hmm. Baseball Network. Mm-hmm. I mean, reference, not network. Pro football reference, baseball reference, so on. Then they have since created one for the NFL and sure. hockey but, yeah. and basketball, but who cares? And <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. So you I say, love the baseball uh, time one. out. You go, basketball, who cares? And you're giving me a hard time because I don't care about this game? You don't care about games. I, it's not that. I just, I'm not good at it. Do you play any games on your phone? Do you no. have any games? You don't have a single game app on I your phone. I don't have anything. 
No. No. That's what I'm talking about. So, I know. But you have not only don't play this game. I knew you wouldn't play it, but you haven't sure. even heard of it. We talk no. about it every – I talk to the PR guys every morning about this at practice. That's probably why I doze off during <laughs> that period. It's like you and golf, you know. Yeah. yeah. You I'm, know, I heard overheard one of my – I was one table over at lunch yesterday. Uh-huh. I overheard – I won't name names. Okay. Uh, one of my uh, coworkers here okay. talking about golf, and he was telling some of the younger people at the table, he's like – it's not even about getting good. It's like you f- you're anxious playing golf until you get to that point where you can go out on the course and not slow down the people behind you. So most of the time, he says you're not you're not even good, but you know you're going to hit the ball most almost every time. You're going to get it a couple hundred yards down the fairway, and so you're moving along and you're yeah. not embarrassed and anxious because the people behind you are waiting. Correct. So. It's a, it's an accomplishment. I know who said that. I can, it's an yeah. accomplishment just to get to the point where you're terrible at golf. No. That sounds like a lot of fun. No, I think he explained it wrong. What what happens is is that people watch golf on TV and, and they think they need to be like a like a pro where they're waiting to hit their let's say their second shot. Well, they only hit, you know, they're 275 yards from the hole on their second shot. Their drive was only 200 yards. People are on the green. Swing. You're not going to get there. You're going to, you know, but they wait and they wait. And then when they get on the putting green, you know, they walk around like they're going to know which way to go. (laughs) You don't. Now, we played on Friday, and uh, I was telling you about we played with a pro. and At a very nice course. He was was, a very exclusive course. It was. With rented clubs. Yeah, which actually weren't that bad. Everybody else was grousing about them, but I'm like, I'm going to hit this, you know. Um, but I will say it helps when you can have someone read the greens for you. And I, I sunk a 30-footer at least, and it was like – Flex. It it was all it, – yeah, it was – Humble brag. It was, but it wasn't me. He just told me where to hit you it. You still had to do it. I know, but he told me where to hit it, and I did, and it you went in. I was like, are you kidding me? I got a par. Damn. Um, but – I no, understand he, what they're saying. He did say that. You don't he have said, to be good. Just play fast so you don't hold you people You got to get up. to the point where, like, you're not skimming the ball mm-hmm. along the ground. And it, Listen, if you're up to 10 swings, and it's it, just pick the ball up and go up and drop it on the green, okay? Quit holding things up. But. So, anyway, I'm saying if your first main goal that takes yep. a couple of years is just be awful, yeah. then, then, wow, that sounds like a really Well, because golf game. is so hard. It is. It's, it's very, very hard. And also boring. If you if you play around and you play really really well, you go oh I've got this game, and then you go play again and it humbles you immediately. Well, email us out there if you have a feeling one way or another about golf yeah. and whether you agree with me that it's but, horribly boring. In fairness to me, I'm just not a big game person. I've never. It's I, good that you're being fair to yourself. Yeah, I'm. But in fairness to me. In fairness to me, but I do spend a lot of time reading. So that's true. Th- there's that. You know, so some people like games. Some people do both. relax their minds. It it clears their head before they go you to bed at both. night. You can do both. Yeah, just not. I, there. That's what I did all week up in New Jersey. Was play games. I or played games on my phone. Read a book. Yeah. Watched Netflix. That kind of stuff. Anyway, look at you. So the immaculate grid. All right. I find the baseball one more fun because I can sure pull up names better. Of course, because you're good at it. But the NFL one is fun too, particularly when the Bucks are in it. Oh. And uh, you know who Paul Stewart is. Right? I do. From uh, Bucks UK, London. Yes. Yeah, he runs the Buck Power awesome website. Yep, great reference for Buckingham. And fans. he's also a nice man. Buck, Buckpower.com. Uh-huh. Every time the Bucks from the Grady emails me, and his whole goal is to get the most obscure ones possible. I so love if it. If it's like, if it's like somebody crosses between the the Bucks and the Browns, he's not going to go Vinny Testaverde. See, is the obvious answer. Yeah, I I'm envious of uh, those of you that have that passion. For stuff like that, it's easy with the Bucks. Yeah, like I think when it, when it was the there was a Bucks Browns one, mm-hmm. and I could have gone Vinny Testaverde. Sure, um, or pretty soon we'd be able to do Baker Mayfield. You have to actually play, so Baker doesn't count yet. But I went with Harold Bishop just because I love the oh, story. Yeah. Do you know the story of Harold Bishop? No, I remember the name though. Did I tell this last week? No, you did not. So Harold Bishop was this is this is to me. I still need to ask Rich McKay about this because this is still stunning to me. I can't believe it actually happened, but it did happen. The Buccaneers drafted LSU tight end Harold Bishop in the third round in 1995. That would have been under Sam. And then he he didn't do it. He caught like two passes. Mm-hmm. 
his his whole year, he, he appeared to be a bust, a third-round bust. Somehow, Rich was able to trade him to Cleveland for a second-round pick in the 96 draft. How do you draft a guy in the third round, he does nothing, and you get some team to give you a second-round pick for him? You're really good. It's amazing. Yeah. And you know who that second-round pick netted the Buccaneers? One Mr. Mike Allstott. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. The A-train. Wow. So, Rich McCade turned a busted third-round third round pick, pick into, into Mike Allstott. One of the it's incredible, great it? Buccaneer players. Yeah, I don't think Harold Bishop – I don't mean to rip – Harold no, no, Bishop no. is catching strays here. He could be a great dude and yeah. have a great life. But no, 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 no. He no, didn't no. do much in the NFL. It has, nothing, it has nothing to do with Harold as a person. It's just a matter of this is how the NFL works. So, yeah. all right. Um, I just had to get in my little plug of the immaculate grid there. I, you it's know, I, I will. I will say this. Now I'm going to have to go look at, into this. It's a, well, look, here's what it looks you like. Know. It's always very exciting when your team shows up. For me, when the Cardinals yeah. show up in the baseball one, it's a blast. So mm-hmm. there's the football one. See, so like okay. This so, today, all right. The, you see, you mm-hmm. see, this column is headed by Super Bowl champs. Oh, Len Dawson! Wow, for the Kansas City and Chiefs. And then right. the, the rows are Kansas City, New England, and the Giants. Oh. And so for Kansas City, I picked Len Dawson, who was the quarterback of their first Super Bowl. Okay. For New England, I actually got one wrong first because okay. I guess Wes Welker. He mm. never won a Super Bowl with them. Really? Yeah. Wow. But Julian Edelman did, and sure. then for New York Giants. And so Otis okay. Anderson, boy, there's a name. Well, the reason the I remembered him is because he actually played for the Cardinals, yeah. too, and I okay. was, that was when wow. I was a kid. Okay, so anyway, let's get D in here. Uh, looking forward to talking to him. I have, as I said, come up with a nickname for him. I hope he likes it. Me too. And then we have a very short third segment because, again, as I said, we haven't been getting questions because we haven't been podcasting yeah. regularly. But remember, we're back, guys. Remember, we're back. Remember I told you this didn't have to be as long as the other ones? <laughs> <Not> really are. <laughs> it, it is. is anyway. Yeah. That's ahead. because I can't stop talking. So uh, let's, let's take a break here, and then we'll be back with Dee Delaney. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs Podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And now we have our special guest with us, Dee Delaney. Thank you for joining us. I know you're trying to eat lunch. I yeah. pulled you right out of the line. Wow. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys for having me. Okay, so I got to start with this hard-hitting question. What are you? I mean, what position are you? Are you a slot corner? Are you a outside corner? Are you a safety? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm All of the above? I'm whatever they need me to be <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Special teams, that's, that's yes, sir, the key the, right now for you, or was, yes, right? Sir, yes, sir, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, but he's played yeah. multi, quite a few snaps of all three of those positions the last mm-hmm. two years, which is, I wanted to tell you, I thought of a nickname for you. Uh-oh. What's that? So we're talking about three positions, right? All right. 3-D. 3-D-E-E. <laughs> you know, that's actually that's pretty, pretty good. That's right? pretty good. That's we're pretty gonna, good. I like that. I'm going to tell our play-by-play guy, Gene. Yeah, yeah. I like 3-D, that. 3D, 3-D. doesn't it? 3-D's got a pick. I like that. You like it? Okay, I like it. All right, you've you've been around a bit. Uh, you you had a few teams before you got here. Uh, that's a normal thing. A lot of guys mm-hmm. do that. And then since you've been here, though, you you really found a home for the last two years. What what is different about what you found in this situation here? Uh, just really opportunity. You know, just go out and compete. A lot of players I felt like was set in stone, but here, you know, Coach Ba and Coach Bo, they really give each and every player opportunity to make the team. So it's just all about you effort and just going out and giving your best foot forward. When you came here, had you already been a versatile guy like that, or did they find that in you? Uh, they actually found it in me. Like I never played anything other than corner, and mm. it just put me anywhere. I was fine with it. I just wanted to be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> How different is it being with the Buccaneers? You were with uh, the Dolphins, Washington, Jacksonville. What Can you tell us what would be the difference, or for you, what was the difference? Uh, like I said, I think it's more about opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like other teams, they already had their players. They already had who they were going to pick for hairs, like, each and every day, you got to go out and earn your spot. You know, nothing is guaranteed. So I feel like here, that, that's what set the difference out. As Jeff mentioned, you're also really good on special teams. What do they got you doing on special teams this year? Uh, Gunner. Gunner. Uh, kickoff Gunner. Return. Yeah, I mean, still still the same stuff. You know, you got to remember where you come from. So I'm always humble. Any uh, moment, any time I go special team. Is it, team. is it fun? I think special team harder than anything. <laughs> that's just to me, though, because, you yeah. know, you got to screen. You know, you got to get all your effort at uh, all time. So I think that's actually harder than defense. You ever had one of those penalties when you're a gunner where you run out of bounds and then they call you for not coming back in bounds soon enough? No, no, no. <laughs> so you make sure you get it yeah, back yeah. in bounds. Coach make a big emphasis on getting back in bounds. <laughs> That's great. How about how many times do you have to when you're doing gunner? Are you facing like double teams where you got to split them or something? Uh, Is that in, in preseason, you know, you face all the time, but during the season, I think the Saints, uh, Buffalo did it a couple times. 
But a lot of teams don't really do double teams mm-hmm. unless they punt to a certain way and they return oh, okay. it. Yes, well, you got Zion on the other side. Yeah, He's pretty so, good, too. Right? Oh, yeah, fast, strong, young. Yeah. So they got to get him more than they got to get me. <laughs> now we're talking to 3D. That's how I said that. Yeah. 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 Reset the table. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, you had uh, really had two interceptions in that last game. So the first one, let's talk about the first one. Did you know that it, that you'd caught it, that it didn't hit the ground? 100%. Did it hit your foot? It hit my foot. Okay. I stuck my foot on last minute, and I knew I caught it. <laughs> How we knew you caught it is because none of the little rubber balls, little rubber things oh, came up. Good call. So that was that was right adamant that you had it. Mm. And then, of course, looking at the replay. Yeah. And then even then, it was even more. But, yeah. For the yeah. listeners, Jeff is talking about how on these artificial turfs, turfs they have pieces yeah. of rubber yeah. that – that end up sticking in people's skins. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so the yeah. second one, the second one was a more traditional sort of uh, interception, and it, unfortunately, it didn't count because there was a penalty. Yeah. Was the penalty a good call? You won't get fined. Uh, I mean, that's in that be- situation, I, I wish they didn't call it, but I mean, it's a good call. You know, down yeah. the field can't really touch the receivers. Okay, it's, it's got to be frustrating though when you get a pick and yeah. then there's a. Flag it's a learning experience yeah. that you well, now the, know that yeah. the penalty know, wasn't on him. Right, but I'm just saying it's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. So did you go over to the sideline and lobby for them to uh, to review the – to challenge the interception? I mean, I just took my hand out. Like, I know I got oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and the coaches like, trusted you yeah, on that one, huh? Yeah, I feel yeah. like I had you it. Knew, you knew the film don't lie, so you're going <laughs> to get credit. Whether they wanted to give it to you or in the room, <laughs> Definitely. right? Definitely. I just right. don't lie. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, you're married. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thanks <laughs> for letting me know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But but it's a, it's an tr- interesting story. You almost gave up on football, and you decided not to. And you were uh, you were at the you took the military test, mm-hmm. and you passed it. Mm-hmm. How hard was that, or or what is the military test? Uh, ASVAB, you know, you just go in and a bunch of uh, they got mechanical questioning, math, science, reading, stuff like that. And I mean, I just took the test. I didn't study anything for it. I just took yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And I mean, is it hard? For me, it wasn't. See, I, I, but I, like I mean, it. I think I think if you like, if you don't know like mechanical stuff like that, it's kind of hard because uh-huh. they ask you like real mechanical tools and stuff. But interesting. Other than that, I don't think so you're a hard. good student going in. It sounds like. Oh yeah. 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 So so that was your backup plan in case the NFL didn't work out. Was that the the situation? For the time being, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna go because I mean I had a family at the at the time, so I just wanted to provide for my family. He has yeah. a daughter named Madison. Madison, that's a yeah, great she's name. very special. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell us about Madison. Uh, she's my pride and my joy. You know, everything I do, I do for her. She's my world. She got Down syndrome, mm-hmm. so I mean, even with that, I mean, I kind of love her even more. I treat her the same like everybody else, and she's everything to me. She taught you patience, didn't she? Hundred percent. Yeah. Like, just, just, just being, just being there for her. You know, like, even when I get frustrated with NFL not being in NFL, just seeing her face and just. Her being there with everything, you know? Yeah. See, that's awesome. great. Yeah. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. What's your background before? I mean, is it because the, I don't know. I didn't know this until he said it. Is, the, is Was the military thing what led you going to the Citadel? No. So I never had any military experience okay. before the Citadel. Oh. I just really went there because my uh, my guidance counselor, my mom, my uncle, they was like, just go to the military just in case football don't work out. You know, you have a good backup plan because the Citadel have a real good network. And so I was like, all right, that's fine. But. I never really had intention on going into the military. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to the NFL. Yeah. I'm just going to the Citadel for them, you know, yeah. to make them happy. But how hard was it being at that school? I mean, uh, I'm just curious. I mean, it's pretty strict, right? The first, the first year was kind of hard. You know, it, I wouldn't say it was hard. It was just different because it's more mental game, mm-hmm. kind of like hazing a little bit. But after you get through that and understand that it's more mental, it helps you become a better person, prepare each and every day for life. So I mean, I, I took it like, took it on the chin and just kept moving. And then you went down to Miami. <laughs> you must have done well at the you, Citadel. You go from here, you yeah. talk about the wide spectrum. Yeah, way yeah. different. Totally the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Way different. Like way different in yeah. a good way? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, going to the Citadel, by the time I got to Miami, I was already accustomed to doing everything Citadel way, like folding my clothes and getting, ah. making my bed. So, by the time I got to Miami, it was just you like st- clockwork. You stuck with the discipline. Basically. Do you still make your bed when you get up in the morning? I try to. Uh, <laughs> I try to, I but I mean, I <laughs> my wife still be sleeping. So. Well, I see, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That'd Very, be kind of rude to yeah, be in bed yeah. with her. Right? Well, I thought maybe he took his part down. <laughs> and, you know. yeah. So, like we said, you found a home here, and it's gone really well for you the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But you did kind of jump to a couple teams before that. So you've been in this situation before in late August mm-hmm. when they're going to Duck, make cut, the roster yeah. cuts. And so um, I imagine you feel – very confident right now, but just what what's that like, and what is it like for you now? Uh, I mean, 
at first, when I first got in the league, it wasn't a good experience because, sure. I mean, you want to be in the NFL, so when getting cut, it was kind of tough. It also tough on your family. But now I feel like it, it, it is going to be what it's going to be, you know. As long as you go out and get your best foot forward, okay. just feel like I'm just down the sword. Whatever happens, happens. But as long as I know I did my best, I can live with that. To so gain some perspective along yes, the way. Yes, definitely, definitely. Do you tell the other guys that, you know, are trying to make the team because you've been through this mm -hmm. before or are you kind of like, hey, you know, you just got to just yeah. do what you do? Yeah, like just don't get down on yourself. Like I feel like early on I got down on myself. Lost a lot of self-confidence because, I mean, mm -hmm. you the man in college and then you get NFL, you get cut. It's like, damn, I'm really not that good. So I always tell them, like, don't lose confidence in yourself, you know. It's all about time and the situation. How do you? How did you work through that? That Because, it's like you said, you're in college and you were the guy. Yeah. So I, I felt like my wife helped me a lot with uh, that. Uh -huh. Yeah, like just her being there, motivating me. Like, you know, just keep going, baby. It'll be all right. You know, your time will come. But like I said, all about time and the situation. And the right time and the right situation came. I just had to. Yeah. See the opportunity. And you were working out on the side, even yeah, oh, though yeah. you weren't with the team. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So you just stayed in shape mm -hmm. and kept going. Mm -hmm. You know, I was telling you that this podcast is called Salty Dogs because we've been around for mm -hmm. a long time. And I've seen a change in players in the NFL where it is acceptable and a good thing to talk about things. Like you just mentioned that you had a little crisis yeah. of confidence yeah. at mm -hmm. one point, which should be obvious. Everybody that's facing a challenge can have doubts, yeah. right? Yeah. But – I don't think even 15, 20 years ago, players mm -hmm. would ever talk about no. that. Yeah. We've heard so much in this camp, like Tristan Wirfs. You know how freaking good Tristan yeah. Wirfs is. Yes. He was good from the moment he got here, but he was telling us how he had really big problems with doubting himself when he first got here. He's like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm supposed to protect Tom Brady. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to screw this team up. Yeah. That's Tristan Wirfs, yeah. who's mm -hmm. an all-pro. So mm -hmm. uh, do you feel the same way that it is more acceptable now? And, it, and that's a good thing. For guys to admit that there are mental challenges, I think I think it is because, like you say, before everybody wanted to be like the tough guy, mm -hmm. yeah. and I mean they never really had an outlet. Now I feel like people have an outlet and they can talk to more people about it, so it's bringing light to more of the situation. Because you gotta think about it, if you don't really got nobody to talk to, it's yeah. more stress and stuff on your mental. You gotta mm -hmm. release that from just yourself and just being able to talk to other people. And what's great about this is that. Young athletes are hearing this, mm -hmm. so you know it's good. So yeah. you can be a tough guy. Oh, you're yeah. not. You're not in playing in the NFL if you're not tough. Yeah. But you can also talk about mm -hmm. what that stuff. Well, D made a good point. Is is when you when you mull it around in your head, you're ju it's just you, it's just you. until yeah. you say it out loud, mm -hmm. and that is something that when I was growing up, you're growing up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, they didn't have that. Yeah. And it is important. And it's also important to know that you're not alone, mm -hmm. that you're not the only person that yeah. is creating, that has some doubt. Because he's, I wonder if I'm any good at this mm -hmm. or what's going on. But also you're showing your perseverance that if, um, you know, what we used to call it, you know, cut off at the knee, mm -hmm. you got to bring yourself back up. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's very good. That's excellent. Yes, to, to, you know, people need to remember that. Because mm -hmm. it, it's okay. Yeah, because I feel like, in the NFL or just sports in general, sometimes they feel like, oh, they're not really human. They feel like, yeah, yes, we human too. We got problems, we got situations, so we are just trying to overcome the situation that we're in. Especially when you're talking to fantasy football players. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, they I'm don't not. A, I'm not a fantasy football they don't fan. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, he I, is. I yeah, but but, but yeah. I don't talk to the player yeah. about it. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, he just cost me the game. <laughs> I don't Dude, say that. You know, I, my knee's killing me. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But that's great. All right, D. We right. told you we'd give you. And we're at twelve minute mark. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm my bad. Good. I'm going to be good. You know, I'm <laughs> we not going to. We very know, much. That he, he's smiling and he's having oh, a good well, time. He's, but he's not been able to eat his lunch. Well, it's he okay. he it's can okay. go get new fresh lunch. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Definitely. Well, we very much appreciate your time yes. and, and uh, good luck. And it it seems like it's really going well for you. So we're really pleased to see that. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, and so you can credit Scott when we start calling. Three D. Three D. The salty dogs. And we're back here one more time on the Salty Dogs podcast. Jeff Ryan, wow, there I, joins I, me. I, I have to, Smith. I have to say, um, props to you. You know, three D. You like the nickname? I, I'm going to get all over Gene on that. You yes. got to spell it out. It's three dash D E E. Yeah, no, that three D Delaney. That you got to love that. I, I Plays three positions. You should. You know, for me giving you props on something like that, <laughs> it's pretty strong. All right. Okay. So, but nice guy too. Very, yeah. and, and he took the time out. We, <laughs> I caught him in. The, I told him uh, yesterday, "Hey, I'll just find you in the in the." He said, yeah. "Do you want to do it?" Go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, what I was going to say is, he, we walked him out, 
And as we were walking, I went to get some. Well, first of all, we didn't walk him out, and he couldn't I get out of the hallway. To, I forgot to buzz him. But <laughs> so, luckily, we both needed water, so we went to go and we buzzed him through. And so, as we're walking, he's still holding his lunch. I said, "You really need to toss that. That's cold." And he goes, "Oh no, I'm not tossing this." He goes, "I have to go lift." And that's you know, a lot of guys would just throw. Food. He's. Yeah. I said, "Well, I didn't mean." He goes, "No, it's good. I like it this way." <laughs> I told him. We agreed yesterday that I would grab him during mm-hmm. their lunch break, but the lunch break is like three hours long, so I didn't yeah. know when he was going to be there. Like you said, he had to lift. They've got a special teams meeting. And so I just happened to see him come in and start in the line, and I went up to him for the purpose of saying, hey, just a reminder, and, yeah. and so when you're done eating, we can go to say, so let's just go do it now. Uh, I'm like, you can eat. Yeah, no, no, he just, that's great. So he's that good. Nice, nice man. Nice. Yeah. nice man. And uh, I've heard, he's talked about his daughter before. You can tell his mm-hmm. face lights up when he talks about yeah. her. Yeah. Um, Interesting, though, he took the uh, the military uh, officer thing. I didn't know about it? that. Yeah, that's that was that little nugget I found. I liked, I liked when I said, you must have been a good student. He's like, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, no, no. He didn't decide to be humble hey, in that dumb. moment. Hey, Dip, Nor should know, yeah. um, Okay, so like I said, I only it's I only have one question. It's right. from our, of course, you know who it's from. Yeah, it's not a podcast without Alexandria. Alexander. Alexander. Nascimento from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. He says, "Ahoy, salty one. Hope this finds you both well." It does. In your job, have you ever had to choose between two people who to get a raise, or something like a head coach has to do to choose a quarterback one or a kicker? Or have you, or were you ever in a situation where you're competing for a job promotion, such as the Bucks players are? So he's he's making a parallel between the fact that guys are fighting for jobs. Have we been in a situation where yes. we either had to fight for a job mm-hmm. or had to choose? Yep. Um, since you did, thanks for reading. Uh, P.S. Did you notice that the Jets have a player with a surname just as my name, his first name, Alexander? I didn't yeah. notice that. No, I didn't. But anyway, I don't think I have a good example here. Um, I mean, there were. I- there were multiple candidates that we were choosing from when we hired Bree right. to be our our uh, our team writer, um, but I don't know if that's the same thing. I um, I wanted a position. I wanted a job so bad that I had spent my career trying to get the job. Oh wow! To to make uh, it was to be a program director of a country station. I know that sounds really weird. It sounds but I really terrible. I really really wanted that job and I didn't get it. Oof. And when I was told I wasn't getting it, they said, however, we do want you to run the Buccaneer Radio Network. So the job I didn't get actually was the best thing that ever happened to (laughs) me because all these years later, I've been with the Buccaneer Radio Network. So I always tell like interns or people who are looking for jobs, I always say, you have to remember sometimes the job you don't get (laughs) is the best thing that ever happened. So I did have yeah. to compete with that. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I lost, but then I won. I don't really have that experience because I never went for a job that I didn't get. See, that's... Partially because I've been in the same job most of my adult life. Well, they just don't know what you I do. got the... I, I applied for and got the internship with the Chiefs coming mm-hmm. out of college, and then I, a year later, I, I applied rem- for this job. I, I remember your first year. I was with, a PR person. Yes, you were. Uh, so I guess I... When I moved into running the website and producing content mm-hmm. in 99, I was the only one. I just went and asked, hey, can we create this job? And they said yes. Yes. And and as it turned out, that's actually a great career move. It worked out. It yeah. worked out. So there you go. Um, the Alexander on the Jets is named Deslin Alexander. He's, oh. a, he's a rookie out of Pitt. He's a defensive end. Wow. So. Good job. Hope he makes the team. I don't think he was a draft pick, so he might be a long shot. I'm not sure. Okay. Number 98. But, um, no, I don't really have a good example for that. Uh, I do remember uh, hiring a writer in the late 2000s, great guy named Charlie. I remember Charlie. Yeah, great dude. Still keep in touch. But Mm -hmm. in any case, I did the interview on the phone, and I knew I wanted to hire him when I asked him. This was the question. So things are going badly for the team. They, the Bucks, something bad happens. You have to cover it, but you know that writing for the team, you generally don't want to be taking shots. So how do you tell the story when it's not good? Like your team committed five turnovers, mm-hmm. you're not going to write. It was a disaster. The Bucks, yeah. they have to get this figured out. How do you do that? And the answer, which he nailed without hesitation, was you let the players and the coaches tell the story. Yeah. So if the coach says turnovers are killing turnovers. us, we have to get this fixed. You Head coach write says, the story, yeah, so he says, says it. it. You can yeah. then expand on it sure. and then flesh it out, but it's the coach saying that. I think probably one of the hardest uh, um, 
as he was talking about things you had to do for you is when we had cutbacks in 08 and, and you had to tell Charlie. Oh, man, you didn't have to bring that up. But it's true. It was 09. All right, whatever. Because it was during the recession. Yeah, it was during the recession. Yeah. yeah, let's not get into that. But I'm just saying, though, is that you have to make tough decisions. Well, a lot of the people, there was a number of people that there were let go from the staff yeah. in that year and they were not let go because they were not good at their jobs. No, no, it was total and and a lot and almost all of them ended up They're all doing great. He's doing, doing great. great. Yeah. Doing great. Everybody's doing great. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but yeah. the ones that I know are doing Sure. Great. Um, but in any case, that's, I don't really want to talk about that. All right. Um, that's it, Jeff. That's the only one. So hopefully we have more questions All next right. week. Didn't email mean to end on a down note, but email you know. us about anything, man. Sure. Mostly, you know, you're going to want to ask about the bucks, but I mean, are we going to do a, are we going to do one of these after the preseason game before the Viking game? Or are I we going to start should, after the Viking game? I think we should do one. You mean next week? Clearly. Yes. I think we should do one next week because we'll have the cuts to talk about. So there'll be a lot of news. Okay, so we can talk about, yes, and what the, the 2023 Buccaneer team looks and like. And hopefully we can find a guest. Generally, there's one or two guys that, mm-hmm. that are great stories that they made the team. Oh, that's a great Like, idea. we didn't really get into it much when I talked about rookies. Uh-huh. We only talked about the draft picks. Correct. I could see three, four guys Coming from in. among the undrafted yes. ranks making it. Yeah. Among yeah. the guys who have shown up quite a bit, Sean uh, Tucker. I like it. Christian yeah. Izian could be your starting yeah. nickel. Um, or, or Kim Jarrett. Boy, I'm looking forward to next week's podcast all of a sudden. Yeah, so I think we should do one. So you need to send us questions, folks. Good. All right. Anyway, again, one more time, that's saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Jeff, I'm done. um, Me too, because I'm hungry. Yeah. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.